Good afternoon. This is the weekly wrap for Friday, January 27th. Starting with the macro picture where we have uh, another inflation reading that came in below expectations. That was the PCE. That's the personal consumption expenditures number. It came in below trade expectations, furthering the case that inflation is continuing to roll over. The Fed is expected to meet next week on February 1st. Uh, many in the market believe, most in the market believe, they will raise rates only a quarter of a percent. And with how aggressive some of the other readings are coming in, uh, especially housing and rents and things of that nature, uh, and energy prices, the many believe this will be the last rate hike of the year. Uh, but time will tell. No one can really get inside the head of the Fed. Uh, the unemployment rate, it does remain relatively low and wages continue to be strong. So the consumer uh, is going to have a little bit of a, uh, a tailwind here with inflation rolling over and wages continuing to go up. So we should get some reprieve for the, the lower to middle income consumer here over the next six months. It's important to note that this has the most direct effect on the dollar. So if the Fed is slowing uh, and or is finishing out rate hikes, the dollar, which is hanging just below the weekly support line right now and has been sitting there for the last couple of weeks now, is just waiting on uh, information from the Fed uh, as to where it would go. If this is the last rate hike, it's possible that we continue to see the dollar roll over. Uh, with China and their reopening, we have seen uh, the flights uh, and traffic, air, airline traffic, continue to accelerate and uh, explode higher, indicating that they are opening very, very aggressively. So what has been a headwind uh, for global consumption of commodities over the last several years is now turning into a tailwind. It's just very difficult to ascertain how low China has run their inventories of grains, um, they have been relatively aggressive buyers of spot soybeans from the United States. Doesn't really make a lot of sense because Brazil is harvesting beans right now. But I think because Brazil is behind, um, they were forced to come into the market and buy U.S. beans. So they must be very, very tight on soybean supplies. So China reopening, good thing for commodities. The Russian-Ukraine war, the third sort of macro variable we're keeping an eye on, is continues to be bleak for Ukraine. Grain production is expected to fall dramatically again for this next year. Grain shipments continue to slow as Russia uh, is uh, slowing up the permitting process. And now that the United States has committed uh, a new round of weaponry, uh, the M1 Abrams tanks, and Germany has dedicated uh, a number of their Leopard tanks, so these are very high-end very large, sophisticated tanks that we're going to provide Ukraine and help them defend themselves. Uh, it will take several months to train and, and provide support for these tanks, but uh, make no mistake about it, the world continues to support Ukraine, further lengthening out this war, probably further, uh, you know, providing further destruction of their agricultural system uh, as both sides continue to dig in. So 
one of the, the taglines or headlines related to these tanks is that uh, Russia may feel the need to move into Ukraine sooner than later, um, try to get in, make some ground up before these tanks arrive. So we'll keep an eye on that development. In fundamentals, uh, Argentina did get rain this week, so the drought has, relatively speaking, uh, uh, speaking, been broken in a number of areas of Argentina. It's not perfect. Uh, not everybody got rain, but the psychology of the drought sort of coming to an end is weighing on the bean market a little bit. Funds liquidated about 20,000 contracts of their soybeans today, or this week, excuse me. Um, and now the question is, do the rains continue? Uh, is this just stopping the slide of losses in Argentina? Or do we actually turn the corner and start uh, improving the crop? We'll need another several weeks before we can figure that out. Brazil's harvest is off to a very slow start. Um, they do have a large crop. It's expected to be around 152, 153 million metric tons. There are a number of analysts that thinks it could be bigger than that. Um, while that will uh, put more, may not put more beans on uh, the old crop market here, but it'll certainly extend their harvest and keep them harvesting or putting beans into the global market well into next year. Um, export sales for the United States uh, continue to be very solid. So not only were shipments strong uh, earlier in the week, but now sales again on Thursday were very strong for corn, beans, wheat, and cotton, indicating, uh, you know, in my opinion, further tightening of the balance sheet. I think it's very simple uh, math that the USDA has uh, overcooked the export uh, de reduction in demand for soybeans. They've overcooked the reduction in export demand for cotton. Cotton had a very big week again. So in the last two weeks, we sold some 440,000 bales of cotton. So those were two very big weeks for cotton. We've talked about how that was critical for cotton to start forming a base and, and head higher in the long run. And so now the question is, A, what's the crop size in cotton? We still have about a half a million bales, you know, swing to 700,000 bale differential, I believe, versus the USDA. And I think demand has a chance to be far stronger uh, than what the USDA says. Those are critical components of getting this market to technically break above 90. We've hit it several times now. We came very close again this week, only to pull back. Uh, but once we break 90, and we will break 90, we will head to 95, 96 pretty quickly. Um, the specs continue to uh, add to their corn length, so they're buyers of corn. Like I said, they were sellers of beans. They were big, big sellers of wheat again, expanding this wheat short to 84,000 contracts, an insanely large short position in wheat. Uh, amazing that they've they've got the, the gumption to do that, but that's their position right now. And cotton, they still hold a relatively neutral, small, long in the cotton position. Uh, again, uh, probably just waiting on cash demand to, to uh, cr create a, a stronger indication of price direction going forward. So the net result is it was a relatively boring week for price action. Uh, the macro developments continue to work in our favor and our view that ultimately we will test that 730 area on old crop corn where we will market uh, another 20 percent 
We're still sitting on 20% of our old crop beans for either a, a, a weather rally here in the United States uh, this spring or a continuing tightening of the balance sheet. So holding for a test of that 1570, 1580 area for old crop beans. And then for old crop cotton, we're waiting for that breakout above 90 cents. That would lead to a quick test of that 200-day moving average around 96 cents where we will sell half of our existing old crop position. Uh, in cotton, it is still important to recognize that if the demand runs stronger and hotter than what the USDA says, we could really pare this balance sheet down enough to have a lot of fireworks later this summer, late spring, early summer, and get through that 96, 97 area and make a run to that 105, 110 area in old crop cotton. That's why I don't want to liquidate our whole old crop position in the mid to upper 90s. So that's the update for this week. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. These are my opinions and not those of ADM or ADMIS. I will be putting out a charts only video this weekend. So be looking for that uh, in your email box uh, come Sunday. Thanks so much. Take care.